Left, right, and center with Bob Metz and Jeff Schlemmer. Welcome, gentlemen. Nice to have you both back together again. Good morning, to Jim. Together. Again. Do we have that song anywhere, Ryan? Probably not. Right? I hope not. An old country tune. You would know that, though, right? That old tune. Uh, it's uh, perhaps opportune to have uh, um, our two stalwart left, right, and center. We have lots of people that, that are on from time to time, but Jeff and Bob are kind of our, our base of operations here, and I'm glad they're both here the week after the federal election. I'd just like to uh, see if I can get a reading from you guys on what you think happened here. Um, obviously, everybody's claiming different things. The Prime Minister claims that this vindicates his, his team and vindicates the Liberal vision. Mr. Day is saying this is not a defeat for the Alliance. In fact, they've got, uh, what, six or eight more seats than they had before. Mr. Clark said this is proof of the ongoing strength of the Progressive Conservative Party and their... Uh, resurging again their official party status all of that uh ms mcdonough is a little confused i think as usual i'm not sure she knows what happened um what do you guys make of this is this a resounding a, a vote of confidence in in the liberal government is it a vote of confidence in the canadian economy what exactly happened here bob well i don't think anything happened really there was a little bit of shifting in the political spectrum a bit um but fundamentally nothing happened because what I've been observing in politics is that as long as the public, the majority of the public and the majority of the voting public is comfortable and is feeling uh, no immediate stress or pain that, or, or no fear of anything impending, they generally will vote for the incumbent government regardless of what that government is, regardless of what is revealed about that government, regardless of the activities of the government, regardless of whether the president's having sex in the Oval Office or regardless of whether the prime minister is, uh, you know, phoning his friends and arranging loans for them. Uh, those things do not matter. What matters is the voter's comfort. And when he's in his comfort zone, he's going to vote for what is there, even though it may not have anything to do with why he's comfortable, and not take a chance on a change. That's really what we're seeing is, is, is a, a watershed period, I think. So there's no significance here then necessary. I mean, significance, any hidden message here. It's just the people of Canada saying status quo. Pretty much. Yeah. Jeffrey, do you see it any differently? Uh, yes, I sort of do, although I agree that nothing really has changed. And uh, somebody had said to me yesterday, you must be really happy that the Liberals won the election. I, mean, I can't really say happy is really the right word. It's sort of like walking into work and finding out that you haven't been fired. It's sort of like still working, you know. <laughs> you're, you're relieved. <laughs> jump for joy every day about it. There's no change. But... Uh, I, I could sort of see what Bob is saying, although I also sort of wonder to some extent whether whether it isn't the case that voters necessarily always stick with what they're comfortable with. I think, and I remember years ago, uh, um, one of the editorial writers at Freep's telling me that he said, you know, people don't vote for new governments. They vote out old governments because exactly. they get bored. And, and, and I think that... Uh, that people would vote for a change if they thought that there was another one that they, uh, you know, that they were basically comfortable with. I think where the alliance made the mistake was that they really needed to structure themselves as being the alternative to the liberals, as a moderate alternative to the liberals. And if they had done that, I think that they that they could have gotten a lot further. It's not that people are thrilled with with Mr. Kretchen or anything. I think it's just that that between what the liberals said about the alliance and what the alliance sort of dropped during the, the campaign, it just seemed like they were too far to the right to, to, to appeal as the other uh, potential government for people. Uh, and, and I think, in a way, it almost would have been interesting to see if Mr. Manning had still been around. As it turns out, it seems like in a variety of ways that, that Mr. Day sort of occupied a ground right of Mr. Manning. 
But I, I don't think people are particularly thrilled by the government, and I think that they would look for an alternative just to, for entertainment value, if nothing else, um, if they saw one that they thought wasn't likely to come in and do any damage. Well, you've, 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 uh, you've hit on my next question, which was going to be Preston Manning. He was uh, conspicuous by his absence through most of this campaign. The alliance certainly didn't use him as an elder statesman, which which. Nobody uh, was campaigning actively. He was here in London several yeah, times. Yeah, but he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't being uh, trotted out as. Uh, oh, I don't know exactly what. The, what, the, what there wasn't another comparison in this. Well, election, is that his choice or the media's? Well, I don't know. See, that's the thing, because really, you know, as far as what the public knows about an election, the media calls the shots. Mm -hmm. That's just that's just the bottom line. Yeah. And, and the election is the media. It somebody is absolutely. Said. And and. Uh, mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the media is not doing its job, I think, in terms of informing the public of what their choices are. In fact, I think they do everything they can to obfuscate those choices, to make it confusing for people, to jump on superficialities so that nobody can understand the fundamental issue, to literally lie about things, everything from two-tier on down. I mean, this country's had two-tier forever. Day, uh, I mean, day in the, the alliance, I voted alliance, by the way, mm -hmm. And I'm kind of pleased that they didn't get a majority government. I'm rather happy at the way the election worked out because mm -hmm. the alliance was doing a lot of liberal things and the liberals were doing a lot of alliance things. Mm -hmm. And what happened was here you have the alliance promising to spend $25 billion on health care in the first year, whereas the liberals are spending 12, half that amount over five years, and yet they get elected in an, in a, in an election where health care spending is an issue and people want more money in the health care system. They elected the party that's offering a fraction of what but I don't the think, other parties offered. I don't think that money was an issue for anybody. I don't think anybody listened to any of the, num I don't of think the so numbers either. at all. Actually, that's where, that's where I was leading, that all those issues just did not matter. Um, what fundamentally, again, the issue is comfort. What Most people who vote don't know 1% of what maybe we or your listeners know about politics. Mm -hmm. I, I hate to say that, but the vast, unwashed electorate out there uh, may never listen to radio shows hardly read the newspaper and yet they still have a vote they still go out and they go out based on the environment they're in yeah. am i happy these, now these am are I called the, the blissful ones <laughs> the bliss. well whatever but that's unfortunately <laughs> the well, you know, I'm, I'm glad you raised that because i got a chance to talk to a guy during the campaign and we were we were he'd come up to him introduced himself as people often do and took me to task a little bit for a couple of things that I'd said. And, and so we got into conversation, because I like it when people take me to task. I enjoy the discussion. And we got chatting about this and that and the other thing. And, and turned out for him, the, 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 the primary issue was health care. That was the big thing. And, uh, and I asked him, it was pretty obvious he was going to vote for the Gretchen government. And I asked him, you know, why on the health care front was he going to do that? And he said, because they're going to preserve my health care. And I said, okay, and exactly how are they going to do that? Well, they're going to make sure that no rich SOB, fill in the blank, can jump to the head of the line, ahead of me. Because mm -hmm. I've worked hard all my life. I don't have a lot of money, but I deserve as good as the next guy. And I said, well, that's, you know, I think every I think everybody wants to see that, wants everybody <laughs> to have access to good quality health care. I said some of the other parties, the NDP, for example, have talked about, you know, improving home care, improving pharmacare so you get free drugs and so on and so on. Didn't care about that. Didn't know about it. Didn't want to know about it. Said the Tories are going to put X number of dollars in more, in fact, than the Liberals have promised. Didn't care about that. But what is the real issue here? He said, I don't want, again, those SOB alliance guys to set up a system for the rich and leave the rest of us out in the cold. Mm -hmm. Now, this was a week before the election, after Cretchen had admitted that wasn't what was going on. Clark had publicly admitted that wasn't what was happening. Even McDonough had admitted that wasn't what was happening a week before the election. And that's this guy's issue 
is the mm-hmm. alliance SOBs are going to destroy health care, and it's only the rich who will be able to And the irony it. is the only reason there's even a line to worry about is because of the system he's supporting. Mm-hmm. You see, if he were, if he were in, into and understood what two-tier meant and what having choices in medicine means and what, how an economy works, basically, he would never be saying those things because he'd know he was shooting himself in the foot. It's remarkable how the message gets out and how it seems like you have to have a very simple message and it really doesn't matter what your words are almost. Like these parties are associated with different concepts and the person who doesn't follow the day-to-day stuff yeah. doesn't care. And they think of yep. liberals as being, oh, they're sort of, sort of leftish, they will be big big well, hospital alliance they think of as sort of smallish still they'll probably be smaller hospital and no matter what stockwell they said it just didn't make any difference but don't you think part of the problem was that they didn't know what he was saying i mean if you you st- you read the books and i'm i'm reading a uh, a book right now by uh, who's uh, doesn't matter name escapes to me a Amer- well-known american political guy pundit talking about the art of the art of political warfare and uh, you know and his contention is it's just you know it's like lobbing shells on an enemy position you got to keep lobbing the shells in the same place till you've destroyed the position. You can't be shooting here one day, there another day, and there another day. And and uh, to me, the parallel with Day was that he didn't seem he would not stay on target. He right. was forever shifting the focus of his cannons, and they weren't doing any damage. He was also a lot of what he was reiterating, reiterate, saying <laughs> was uh, contrary to what people had been hearing the party say before. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that really possibly hurt hurt the already existing base but you know to me the big tragedy of the whole election is is that fundamentally whenever political people talk and i imagine that applies to us to some degree people have this attitude that there are no absolute truths that there's nothing real out there that mm-hmm. there's nothing that really works that if this guy says it even if it's true i don't care it's partisan therefore i'm not going to believe it yeah and that attitude is killing this country because there are absolute truths, and there are things that work, and there are things that don't work. And, uh, you know, you said, a, you said an amazing thing, I think, a couple of weeks ago. It just stuck in my mind about how, how the politicians were acting over the health care issue. And you said something to the effect, I'm paraphrasing here now, that basically they all know that universal socialized medicine does not work, but none of them has the courage to say so to the electorate, so they have to lie around the issue. Mm-hmm. And that's why none of us trust them. And uh, I agreed with that implicitly. Hit the nail right on the head there. That I think some they generally with that. By the hmm? way, <laughs> if you're talking about universal truths, I haven't heard one yet. <laughs> well, universal medicine, as it's defined in this country, which means one-tiered healthcare system where everybody waits in line. I mean, it does not quote work. And and the demonstration of you know it also depends on what you mean by working. Like you might yeah, disagree exactly. with me because you think it's okay for people to stand in line and get free medicine rather than not have to stand in line and pay for it. To me. I think you could have both systems side by side. First of all, I don't think one takes away from the other. I think having the second system adds and contributes to the other. Well, the other in so many ways, it's amazing. It one way or another. It's just a question of how we pay, whether we pay globally or whether we pay no, each time we walk well, in Well, that's the, door. the issue with everything in life, yeah. Jeff, and that's why that's I believe a, I'll, in choice. I'll that absolute. You see? Well, yeah. exactly, and yeah. I believe in choice. That, yeah. that your money, you should be able to pay who you want, when you want, where you want, and you shouldn't have the right to tell me where yeah, I have well, to go, and, and, and the, the reverse, though, and I think you. where the, they ran into this problem, too, is that the alliance, I think, stu- or, uh, Preston Manning realized that, uh, like, I think it was a couple of years ago, you know, that they talked about needing to try and merge with the uh, with the, the uh, conservatives and sort of recognizing that they had to pull themselves to the center in order to be seen as the credible alternative government. And I think that that was a rocky ride that, that may have happened a bit too late because, as you say, a lot of the messages were different than the ones that we had heard under the reform. But my understanding was that they were trying to distance themselves from the reform image. That's why they changed the name, why they brought in a new telegenic uh, leader, so that they could 
say that's the old ideological party, but we're the new pragmatic party. We're just like the liberals, but we're just a little bit right of them. And that that's why you should vote for us, because you're sick of those profligate liberals. But we're, we're a credible government awaiting. We could be that. And whether that happened too late or what, I don't know. On the other hand, a difficulty with an ideological party shifting to that is that a lot of the old the old uh, guard will see themselves as having sold out. You know, unfortunately, to, to govern the country, it well, seems like... Well, are you like calling the alliance an ideological party and the others aren't? Is that no, what I'm you're saying implying? the reform was an ideological oh. party. And the alliance, I think, is trying to be a, a pragmatic party, a party without that strong ideology, and to be a party of sort of mush like the liberals are, where it's like, we take well, a poll and that's where we are. Yeah. That's our position. You know, what I thought was really funny is how Gretchen was screaming hidden agenda all over the place. Yeah, um, even Duceppe made a con comment. He says, they're calling me. You know, I have a hidden agenda that we want Quebec to separate. Mm -hmm. He says, hidden? What are you talking about? We've been saying this. He says, I don't understand the logic. Well, I never you know? got to ask my question because none of the leaders came to town and came on the air except Stockwell Day. I had this wonderful question for Gretchen about the hidden agenda thing. My question was going to be, you know, you're talking about the alliance hidden agenda. Well, in 1993, your hidden agenda was that you weren't going to repeal the GST. You said you were, but the hidden agenda was you weren't. What's your hidden agenda in this campaign? Never heard anybody ask him that question when the hidden agenda stuff was flying everywhere. I thought it was a wonderful question. I couldn't believe that nobody in the national media ever asked it. Not that I ever saw her. Nobody ever asked Well, his, his hidden agenda, I think, is to hang in there long <clears throat> enough to try and outdistance Paul Martin. Uh, so that he can support a leftish candidate as the next uh, prime oh, minister. Which leads me, you keep doing this to me and taking my next question away. The next question is, the next question is, is this the end of Paul Martin? Because my gut feeling says that, that Gretchen has won this battle. In spite of the fact, there's a, there's a leadership review in 18 months, and some friends of mine in the Liberal Party are saying Gretchen will not put himself through the leadership uh, battle, that, that the, he does not have the strength in caucus anymore to do it. I'm wondering, though, after this pretty convincing election, he went against all the pundits, he went against supposedly most of his caucus, he went, to, went against everybody, and he won big. He was arrogant going into this thing. Is he going to be arrogant enough to stay in? And if he's arrogant enough to get into that battle, uh, you know, the liberals are saying, well, he won't fight the battle. He won't go to the leadership review. Supposing he does, I think he's, he's still got to be awful tough. How do you turf this guy out when he's won you three fairly significant elections? If he does, if he rides through the 18 months, Martin's toast, isn't he? I mean, it's got to be the end of Paul Martin. He's got to there. go. Yeah, he's getting up there. And, and uh, that's the other thing is that, and I don't know how broadly it's, it's known, but, you know, I was on this show, I guess, six, seven weeks ago saying, don't call election now. It'd be the stupidest thing that could happen. I'd, horrible, horrible. Mm -hmm. and, and, of course, Gretchen was proven to be right, I suppose, you know, tactically. And he is an extremely tough guy to get rid of. An extremely, well, not that I want to. The because liberals have been... Tremendous tactically. I mean, here they are. They call the election right after this little brief period of Trudeau mania we had. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was getting like Princess Di there oh, for a minute. Awful. And then you have, uh, while the CA and the Conservatives are just disorganized and the two new leaders have not been in power or in the in Parliament that long, while there's all these criminal investigations going on around himself and his ridings, while, with his issue with Paul Martin, you know, and then the middle of the audit scandal, and yet the guy gets elected, you know, in the middle of all that. Well, and, and the question at the time was, are all these things so transparently opportunistic that the public will just go gross? You know, I'm not going to fall for this. The answer is no. You know, and it's yeah. like the, the person who said, you know, that nobody ever went broke underestimating the uh, taste of the public. You know, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> for uh, better or worse. Sad but true in Canada. We're going to pause for a second. Some important messages coming your way. Please do stay with us. Jeff Schlemmer and Bob Metz with me on Left, Right, and Center. Don't forget, lines are open for your comments, too, at 643-1290. 
Bob Metz and Jeff Schlemmer with us on Left, Right, and Center today talking about the aftermath of the uh, of the federal election. Let me ask you guys about Joe Clark. Jurassic Clark. Um, somebody commented the other day, well, at least he knows what he's going to do till retirement. He's got a job till retirement now, for sure. He's blathering on about how he is, he is the natural alternative still to the liberals and that his party proved that they were still this or still that or still something else. Um, I have some close friends of mine who voted Tory this time. I uh, had no idea who the candidate was, really. Didn't care about the candidate. Didn't know what the party platform was. They just liked Joe. Joe performed well during the uh, leadership debate. I thought he, Day, and Duceppe were the best performers there. Mm-hmm. I can never uh, tell. I look uh, at those uh, things uh, afterwards and I have no idea who's won or lost. <laughs> I have to wait for a day or two to find no. out. <laughs> well, it certainly, my, my, my reaction to the whole thing was certainly not the same as uh, the people they picked to gauge their response to on CBC after mm-hmm. the show, that's for sure. But it, it, again, it comes back to the idea that it really doesn't matter what he did and how well he did and all that stuff. He's got to go. He's got to get out of there as quick as possible because that party's just about evaporated into nothing. And he's got to hand it over to Peter McKay or some young guy who can, uh, woman, well, who can, and can reinvigorate it. Uh, like that's it can be easily argued that we can thank the Conservatives Joe. for the Liberals. I mean, well, exactly. well again, if you look across the country, although you can't, you, and I admit you cannot translate the votes literally and automatically, no. but 40-some ridings across the country, the, the Alliance-Tory combination outpolled Liberal, mm-hmm. the, the Liberal winner, 40-some ridings. And another but you 15 know it's or a, 20 where they were within just a few votes. It's a big mistake to, to lump Tories and, and, and Alliance people together, really. And even to, to even the I Alliance agree. itself has d- tremendous divisions within it. That's why they couldn't come up with a platform on the social side of the issues. Wouldn't they have been better off? And they talked about it, all things being equal and what we've seen now. Wouldn't they have been a lot smarter, the... the United the the you know the al the anti-liberal allies wouldn't they have been smarter to stay the Reform Party in the West to stay the Tory Party in the East to not compete with each other on each other's ground and to run candidates that way to, to become the Canadian Coalition rather than the Canadian Alliance I mean certainly there's a lot of issues they disagree on but they could have found enough to to I think to run the country wouldn't they have been smarter to do that. Yeah, I don't well, see how that's any different from what they're doing now. I don't see the distinction. Well, they'd have elected a lot more people. Yeah. You mean you mean run as separate parties? Yeah, r- r- because if they run as separate parties, no one has a majority in the House. The Liberals are still going to take it. Co- I don't. No, a coalition. If you've got a coalition, they say in advance, we we agree, we are going to form a coalition government. Why can't they do that now? Then as why a not because they don't because they don't have enough they don't have enough oh, right. people. Right? Okay, but then I, then I don't think it would have made much difference, really. Well, I think that tactically, that as it turns out, that would have been a better way to go, and that there would be issues that they could agree on around uh, around economic conservatism that they would have, you know, gotten mm-hmm. together over. And I think that it's it's the history of politics shows that you don't get anywhere until you hold your nose and shake hands with the guy that you're not really that thrilled about and agree that you're going to work together. Mm-hmm. You know, the McDonald Carchet uh, situation, and uh, I look at Tony Blair in England, for instance. You know, where he did the similar kind of thing, where they sort of they sort of leftish, moderate-ish sort of compress themselves is the only way they were ever going to get the conservatives out over there. Um, you know, So it seems to me that you're absolutely right, that the only way that they're ever going to get anywhere is by at least agreeing that we're not going to poach on each other. Mm-hmm. You know, We may not be in the same party, but at least we won't poach. And there's nothing wrong with a coalition. We had that in Ontario, effectively, with the NDP and the Liberals mm-hmm. back in 85. Uh, you know, there's precedent for that. The other thing, though, I can't help but wonder is, you know, in some senses, if Preston Manning had never started the Reform Party, you know, where would the Tories be? You know, would the Tories be running the country? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe. Very good question. Um, then again, <laughs> they were pretty much indistinguishable from the Liberals, so that's the problem. Yeah. 
And I think that's what brought people like him up. They were there was no Western voice, but it may it may be that the idea of making transition from a Western voice to a voice for disaffected Canadians was too large a vision that the rest of Canada didn't feel disaffected enough. However, again, you can back kind of say, well, yeah, but wait a minute, look at the number of votes that they pulled in Ontario. The 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 Alliance Party did very well yes, in Ontario. They did. they did very well. They, there's an awful lot of Alliance supporters out there. They just weren't enough of them in the in 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 a constrained enough area. In what we're, what we're still fighting in every election, it's the same story: is our stupid first past the post election system. It is not representative democracy. Yeah. It's not even close to that. And why we keep pretending that it is when the largest majority, you know, the U.S. now has just fallen into this, suddenly woken up and realized they don't really have a representative <laughs> democracy yeah. either, yeah. is because they're of the situation as it exists now. But. Uh, we need to have some form of proportional representation so that people aren't always voting against things. But it's not going to happen because you've got, I said this the other day we talked about it, you've got the party in power now is, is running the country with 40% of the popular vote. They are not going to change anything because they get to run the show. No, I, don't, I never expected them to do, and I would never expect a government to do anything positive for the public. That's well, exactly. up to the public to do. Well. You start with petitions and you create huge campaigns. That's how I've won every political issue I've ever fought was starting at the grassroots and doing petitions and, and lobbying the right people until they're either shamed into it or have to do it because there's, it's just popular opinion. Well, I guess you're right, because the politicians aren't going to do it. No. The guys who aren't in power, they want a chance to get in power and, with 40% and I, of the vote. I can tell you now there's already a movement underway, and believe it or not, it's an alliance of everyone from the NDP to Freedom Party mm -hmm. uh, working on that particular issue. And mm -hmm. we're, we've been networking for about a year and a half already. Um, so, so it, it's working. Like there's something coming together now. The the big thing is to educate the public, and of course, there's going to be major disagreements about which pass post or which uh, proportional system yeah. uh, people may prefer. But um, you know, that having been said, you know, to me, there were such big issues this election that should have been discussed. You know, the NCC was running those ads on the gag laws. Mm -hmm. I, why didn't the other parties go after? Yeah. Uh, after the liberals on that, that was unconscionable that we yeah. would have such I laws agree. in the country. That's great law, but that's yeah. another topic well, for another day. But oh, I'd love to talk about that. Thank goodness, that, that, one. Uh, thank goodness yeah. that big uh, companies can't run on and, everything and, in the country. But, but the other thing that I'd love to see is where we're going to be 10 years from now, because is somebody going to figure out a way to beat the liberals, or alternatively, are people going to get so sick of them that next time the alliance can run on any platform they want, they can be as right-wing as they want, and people will be so bored and tired with the liberals that the alliance will get in anyway. I think it depends what the liberals do. I, I really think it makes a huge difference is what they do in this next term. If it's more of the same, I think they're going to nail the lid on, on their own coffin. But it doesn't necessarily have to be more of the same. They could conceivably learn from some of their mistakes. If the economy continues to prosper and they reinvest the so-called surplus and buy a whole bunch more votes with that, which they so what are they going to do, do with the surplus? That's why Gretchen said he called the election, so we can all discuss what we're going to do with that surplus. So what, what was the answer? I well, the answer it. is whatever he feels like, basically. Whatever seems that well, I think that's a you know I, I think that's a good premise then. If that's the reason, and this is what Mr. Kretchen has said, he called it because they dared him to, I hope he calls the next one when Mr. Day dares yeah. him to. Well, and of course, we're not going to have that surplus because everybody seems to forget that there are recessions every 10 years, and we're about getting ready to be due for one. Well, if you follow the markets, we might be heading into one right now. Well, exactly. So We hope not. You know, it's, it's nice to talk about this rosy future and how we're going to have all this money all over the place, but that just isn't the way that our economy works. Yeah. So. Well, we don't have it anyway. I mean, it's, as I've said many times, it's tax money. It's, it didn't fall under the trees. It didn't fall from heaven. It's money that came out of our pockets, and it's money that's not going somewhere else because it's going to Ottawa. So The other thing I wonder about, though, is whether if the alliance gets in next time, whether they'll do an NDP in Ontario where they get in as the 
as the party um, that uh, is a protest vote and then get in and have some of these social policies go through and ram some referendums through and get everybody so wound up at them that they'll never form the government again. See, I don't think they're going to do that. I really, I have no fear of, of an alliance social agenda. I really don't. I know that some of the senior guys have some rather strongly felt beliefs, religious and otherwise, but the people that I talk to, the so-called grassroots people, I didn't find that they were any more dogmatic about religious oh. or social issues than anybody else. So you've got the, the picture of a few guys at the top who are kind of, you know, they've got a, they're not waving the flag, but the flag's right behind them, the, the abortion flag, the whatever, the creationist, whatever, that's there. But I don't think that's why their people are following. In fact, I absolutely believe that's, that, that their people aren't following them because of that. But to me, the challenge for somebody like a day, though, is to say, you know, you got involved in politics because you have strong beliefs about things and you want to make a difference. But then you realize that when you get into politics, if you want to run things, you've got you to forget about all those beliefs and just run the darn economy. No, well, I think basically that's the job, isn't it? Yeah, that's so, only yeah. if your beliefs are in contradiction with how an economy runs. Yeah. <laughs> well, good point. That's, that's so basic. <laughs> I thank you both very much. And the next time the three of us get together we are going to talk about those gag laws because Great. i think that's an important a very important Great. issue yep. and jeff i can't believe you said what you said but we will uh, <laughs> we'll follow that up on another show the next time bob and jeff are in together thank you so much thanks jim folks you stay with us news is next we've got some open phones then and we've got bud polhill on ask the experts lots yet to come yet to come we got lots yet to come today on yeah, talk of the town right here on 1290 cjbk where it's sports all sports all oh, never mind here's kim with the news <laughs>